Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Try 10 issues for £10 or get two months access to our website and apps also for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader. Anglican ordinands studying in the UK, Ireland or the Diocese in Europe are eligible for a free subscription while they study. Apply at churchtimes.co.uk forward slash ordinands. And join us on Tuesday the 29th of September for a virtual festival of preaching. Speakers include Mark Oakley, Rachel Mann and Malcolm Geit. To find out more, visit festivalofpreaching.hymnsam.co.uk Organ Donation Week starts on Monday, 7th of September. In this week's edition of the Church Times, Joe Walsh, founder of Faith in Operation, has written about how the church could end the kidney waiting list. He joins me now on the Church Times podcast. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Hi there, thanks for having me. Thank you for your article this week. I just wondered, first of all, if you could um, tell us a bit about why you think kidney transplants are so important and, and who they help. So right now, there's thousands of people who are waiting for a kidney. A kidney is a vital organ and life without it is very difficult. Often people with kidney failure are receiving dialysis, which uh, sustains their life, but their life expectancy on dialysis is about five to ten years. Ultimately, around 250 people die each year whilst waiting for a kidney. And meanwhile, there's lots of healthy people, and uh, if we've got two kidneys, then we know from the research and the evidence that you can live a very healthy life with just one. In fact, someone who has become an organ donor has statistically better health uh, long-term than the general population, simply because they've been so well checked out by the NHS before they've donated. So I, I think it's just a, a really interesting thing to think about and uh, quite persuasive. You write that the coronavirus pandemic has, has played havoc with kidney transplant programmes. Um, well, what, what is the effect that the pandemic has had? Well, across the country, transplantation programs have been uh, suspended during the peak of the uh, pandemic, and it's kind of gradually getting back to normal now. What it's meant is that a lot of living donors, so friends or family, or also altruistic kidney donors, uh, have been un- unable to donate during that period. So there's a kind of backlog um, of operations now, which they're trying to catch up with. Uh, there have been some really kind of devastating situations where people have caught coronavirus and that's uh, it's particularly difficult for recipients who have to have immunosuppressant drugs in order for their kidney to uh, not be rejected by the body. So they're particularly vulnerable to coronavirus. Uh, so the NHS is doing a great job trying to keep keep people like that safe, um, but what it's meant is that there's, there's a bit of a backlog on the transplantation and on the waiting list. And I think, is it the case that um, even before the pandemic there was a pretty severe shortage of kidneys available across the nation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You should receive a kidney if you're going to require dialysis within six months, Uh, but the waiting list is two and a half to three years. And shockingly, that's a year longer for ethnic minorities who currently take up about um, a third of the waiting list. There just isn't enough um, kidneys right now. And uh, there's there's ways you can address that. The government have tried to increase the amount of deceased organ donors by changing to presumed consent for deceased organ donation. Uh, but less than 1% of people die in, in a situation where they can donate their organs. Uh, you have to be both dead but also have healthy organs, which isn't something that happens you know, very often. And likewise, not everybody has friends or family members who can donate them a kidney. They might not be the right match or they might not be willing 
So I think the way that we can end the waiting list, and we we could do it, you know, practically overnight if there were enough people who were willing to give a kidney to a stranger. This leads on to what you talk about in the article about altruistic kidney donation. Hmm. Um, could you just explain a bit more about what exactly that is? Altruistic kidney donation is giving a kidney to a stranger. It's something that only was introduced really in 2006. Um, in fact, the first altruistic kidney donor was a, a Christian uh, called Kay Mason. Um, and it's such a powerful thing. I mean, it's not just Christians who do it. Obviously, there's a really broad range of people uh, from different backgrounds and religions and uh, kind of ideologies who, who might give a kidney. But I believe that Christians in particular um, who have the example of Christ, who was himself an altruistic donor giving his all to help uh, strangers uh, so they could be restored to life. Um, I think Christians should have a particular, uh, particularly strong relationship with altruistic kidney donor and I really dream that we'll um, uh, kind of lead the way. That's what I hope. You've highlighted the need for altruistic kidney mm. donors and f for some people who who need a kidney, do, do they have relatives who can give kidneys or is, are those that often in short supply? Um, it really depends. Uh, it varies. Some people uh, might have a relative who's a match. Obviously, you have to be the right tissue type, the right blood type, and m matching in other ways. So, um, relatives can't always give a kidney to the patient, even if it's a close relative. Um, so, it really varies. And in the end of the day, not everybody has someone who is willing to give them a kidney. Um, there are different cultural expectations about this kind of thing and a lot of people have an instinctual fear of this operation. They see it as something extremely dangerous and scary, whereas whilst it is, there are risks, they are gener they can be accurately described as low risks, it's like having an appendix removed. But si simply put, um, not everybody has a friend or family member who can give them a kidney. Sure, so really really need strangers as it were to, to donate. Now, um, Talking of this, you yourself donated a kidney, is that right? That's right, yes. Could you just talk us through um, how you came to decide to do that and what exactly it was it was like? You've mentioned that many people have quite a lot of, of fear around it. Hmm. So I first heard about it when I was doing the washing up and I heard it on the radio. Um, much like many people will be listening to this, I, I heard it and uh, about it and I was, straight away I was intrigued. Um, so I went away and did some research and I, I eventually talked to my wife and said, um, how would you feel about this? And she was a bit surprised, um, but really supportive. Um, not, not everyone was so understanding. Um, it is still um, a un well, very unusual thing to do, perhaps perceived as a bit radical. Um, and there were definitely different levels to which people were comfortable with it. Nonetheless, I think I've won them round by now, most of them. Um, I did go ahead with kidney donation and I had all the tests. It takes a long time and you have to have all kinds of different medical tests, scans, x-rays, MRIs. You have to have um, an interview with a mental health professional uh, to make sure you're giving for the right reasons. You have to see the Human Tissues Authority. Um, eventually, when the NHS are absolutely happy that it will be safe for you to donate, then they will uh, allow you to be matched to a recipient. Um, I I was matched to my recipient and I was also involved in a organ donor chain um, and what that means is that um, my recipient had a family member who would have liked to have given them a kidney but wasn't a match so in exchange for my kidney um, her 
husband gave uh, a kidney onto patient B. So you can have these kidney donor chains, which altruistic donors enable, uh, which is another reason they're particularly valuable. I had my operation uh, last year, and to be honest, there was minimal, uh, well, even up to the day, I had total peace about it. I think God was just kind of working in me, because uh, when I look back, I, I reflect on how, you know, that should be a scary thing, but I did have this peace even up to the operation. Operation. My recovery was really great. On the day of the operation, I was up and about uh, on my own, going around the hospital trying to find signal on my phone. Um, and I was back home the, the next day. I had about six weeks off work, and the NHS paid for any kind of loss of income. Um, so actually, I really enjoyed that time off work, uh, spending a bit more time with family, and just gradually uh, recovering my strength and energy. Sure. And I mean, and how did it feel knowing essentially you'd, you'd save someone's life? Yeah, it's a fantastic feeling. It's fantastic to, especially um, because I received a letter from her and I know that it did um, totally change her health. She was able to play with her grandchildren again and do normal things like going on. Uh, she's looking forward to going on holiday. Um, and yeah, I'm so pleased for her and her family. And also, uh, you know, I, I'm it gives me great joy to know that it's helped uh, a subsequent recipient through the donor chain. And also, I think it's fantastic that it saved the NHS uh, hundreds of thousands of pounds because um, each operation that you enable uh, saves the NHS about, well, up to £200,000, uh, which, which is fantastic, especially at a time when the NHS is so stretched. Absolutely. And could you tell us about your the organisation you've founded for faith in operation mm. did you sense there was a need to sort of campaign on this issue yeah absolutely so after giving my kidney i and having recovered and had been a really fantastic experience for me um, i started to wonder why there was never any concerted christian effort to promote altruistic kidney donation because it just seemed to fit so neatly uh, together on the one hand christians um who have the kind of some radical beliefs um that their bodies are living sacrifices, that everything they have belongs to God, and um, as as in the parable of talents, uh, everything we have is given to us from God so we can invest it in the world around us. You know, even Ezekiel 36 verse 26 goes as far as to suggest that we have all received an organ transplant. Um, so in that verse it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So really, Christians have this identity as uh, heavenly transplant recipients, and that means that we should both have a kind of a joyful gratitude to God, and also we should share his heart for the people who are suffering. Um, and that I think that in turn should mean that we're more inclined towards these kind of bold, generous acts like giving a kidney. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there's, yeah, this great opportunity to end the waiting list and altruistic kidney donation this great group of generous people in, in Christianity and put, put them together and you've got um, the recipe for potentially um, some really amazing stuff. And my, my hope with faith in operation is that uh, Christians will just be challenged to consider altruistic kidney donation. Certainly not for everyone, um, but we only need a relatively small proportion of the church to consider donation and to come forward. And we could end the waiting list, which would be amazing. Mm. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard 
kidney donation mentioned in in church you know in, in sermons mm. and things is is this something that could be spoken about more yeah i don't see why we couldn't have more about this in church i think um Certainly a few years ago, there was a flesh and blood campaign, which was all about uh, blood donation, organ donation. Um, Christians see their bodies as gifts from God. So so it should be natural for us to, uh, you know, consider these things, giving blood, registering on the organ donor register. Um, but also this area, which is seems to be completely unknown, uh, untalked about by Christians. So with a little bit more awareness, um, I believe we can make altruistic kidney donation much more normal in the church, uh, much less kind of scary. Um, you know, once upon a time, giving blood would have seemed extremely dangerous and scary because you're opening up your arm to, to take blood out, which is just not natural at all. But, you know, now we recognize that that's very low risk. Um, and there's always going to be risk to kidney donation. But I think a little bit of change in awareness and in the culture and we could um, definitely end the waiting list for a kidney, which is really exciting. So I'd, I'd suggest for churches to um, look into the Faith and Operation website, and on there is a, a promotional video which you can share with your church, and also I just encourage people to share it on social media to get it out as widely as possible so that people can consider it for themselves and be challenged as to how they live generously uh, with God's hearts. So obviously not everyone can give a kidney, but we can all... Uh, be challenged to live generously with everything that God's given us. And you, you can find all that on www.faithinoperation.co.uk. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more. The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode.